0: Hey everybody, welcome to ExoSquad Goals, the Exo Squadcast podcast. I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Hardy.
1: And I'm Chris Ferentino.
0: And on this episode, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 31, The Price of Courage. It was written by Mark Edens and Brooks Wachtel. They've worked together on a plethora of episodes. At this point, everyone's done everything. You know where we're going. Basic storyline, everything happens. So up front, guys, what do you think about this one?
2: I think it was cool to see EXO Squad's interpretation of Azamangus uh, right off the bat. Um, Going big, and uh, uh, it is an incredibly dark, uh, incredibly complex episode that deals with death, legacy, the meaning of immortality, the meaning of monuments. That I watched at six in the morning uh, before I took my shower to go to fourth grade. <laughs>
1: And for me, it seemed like kind of a big leap from the episode where JT is in New York with uh, that Jewish cab driver. Yes. Hey, Sal! <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was a heavy episode. There was a lot of stuff that happened, and I think some things kind of came back around a little bit. Yeah. Um, just like the idea of like what it means to be a soldier, what it means to be um, honorable, the, the nature of war the kind of parallels between the Neo-Sapiens and the humans. I liked it. I I don't know what happened between this one and the last one. but <laughs> <laughs> I saw. But um,
0: no, I, I dug it. Yeah, no, this is definitely one I was watching and uh, you have a big old pot and you're like, I want a little bit of that Rommel stuff in there and can we throw in a little bit of Battle of the Bulge like, you know, flavoring and maybe a cube of, I don't know, like some honorable soldier death stuff and yeah, it all came together and it's i like this one a lot man like this is when i was writing the notes down and i was like holy shit everything happens like especially because we've had one or two that were uh super action heavy lately that we you know just blew through um so let's jump into this mofo return of the exo scouts yeah those motherfuckers are back and we start off with torres is like in like a combat zone thing in like vespa on venus and like it turns out the exo scouts have just been mugging people in the park instead of cleaning it up like they've been told to do but Sarge. clean The park is boring! Yeah, I want to
1: fight more Neos, like we did on Mars! We want to be exotroopers! Oh, grow up. You guys are worse than Bronski. They blew their chance. Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's a little weird that they escaped captivity for two years, and appear to have been sentenced to, like, community service like that seems pretty cold-blooded by the like the venus government
0: yeah this is when we realize that they like murdered their like scout masters isn't it yeah
1: but i'm starting to think maybe they were they were just punished they were just sent there because they're terrible
0: <laughs> they are kind of the worst there's a great moment in here though where uh torres is like listen to me and all that you know they're like no we don't want it. whatever we're our own guys now and then she fucking like gets out of her e-frame and they all just fucking bail because they're like Shit's actually going down now. <laughs> like we're not gonna fuck with the Torres on foot. So she also, she also, a- uh, she she do, also
2: so. gets a pretty solid broski roast in there when they're like. They're like we want to be exo troopers and torres is like you're worse than bronski
0: <laughs> yeah there's definitely a part where she's like you know the things that make an exo trooper are you have to be like straight laced and disciplined and all this stuff and then she decides to take them on a camping trip with wolf bronski which seems like just the opposite
1: there's a part where bronski's telling them stories so there i was the only thing between the neo e-frames and the fleet i said to myself I may not come out of this in one piece, but Winfield's
2: counting on me. Well, once those Neos knew it was Wolf Bronski they were up against, they started running.
1: Bronski?
2: Hi, Sarge. I was just telling the boys here a few stories.
1: Yeah? Sounded more like fairy tales. I don't know if it's like directly at this point, but maybe a little bit later. And and you're kind of like, that's his best use as a a person (laughs) is that like you know you you were sort of at the point where i don't know i always thought like people should live or die in the show based on like their use after the war like what are you gonna do after the war and we finally get some of that in this episode yeah it's it's like hey uh marsh what are you gonna do after the war bronski is gonna be in a bar after the war telling the story of the war yeah and like that's why he was put on this planet that's why he has to survive
0: yeah, telling everyone how he could have killed Uh Phaeton in the first like five minutes of the war, but he missed or didn't take yeah. the shot. Um, no, you know it's, it's kind of like Ryan mentioned it off the bat, and it's like a real theme here, like legacy and you know w- sort of where we go from here, kind of. And seeing Bronski doing that, you're like these stories are, you know, someone's telling these stories, and someone's like, you know, who's going to be the victor? Who's this? Who's that? And I don't know. It's 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 an interesting thing to kind of like start thinking about because we're getting there.
1: Like one one of the most interesting parts of World War II to me is like the part when like you knew the war was won, but you still had to finish fighting it. Yeah, like that that period where you're trying to figure out what was going to happen next, but you combat <laughs> combat wasn't over. You still there were still going to be people who died, even though you knew kind of what uh, the outcome was going to be.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a really good Band of Brothers episode about that where it's like exactly you know, yeah yeah and it's like that's the worst time cuz everyone's like let their guard down but you're still in a murder hole so like fucking shit gets crazy
2: this uh, this might be a this might be way aside but one thing that I always feel really bad for is the last person to die in any war I feel like that's the worst possible situation to be in
0: yeah it's like you don't want to be that dude there's actually a great Robert uh, Kappa photo about maybe the last guy to get killed on the American side in World War II. And it's just like, oh, man, fucking like five minutes, man.
1: But yeah, there's a good John John Kerry quote about that in <laughs> Vietnam.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. War sucks. Um, but this show's great. Yeah, for real. War's the worst. <laughs> yeah, this is you can tell us a heavy episode because we've gone right back into fucking like the nature of war and soldiering and. Oh, well nice. like
1: yeah I mean spoiler alert but I admire Shiva a lot who wants to like live and die as a soldier. That's like yeah. Pr- I, I I I admire that he's so committed. To, he's not a citizen he's a soldier, he's a professional and that's like his identity. Yeah. Um, so I I really dug that. I dug his coal kind of moments in this episode. Didn't uh he didn't let Miami get to
2: him. Like he didn't uh <laughs> he didn't uh, he didn't go soft in uh on the beach in Shiva's headquarters.
0: <laughs> yeah. <to> respect. <laughs> Where uh, Pitbull is your, is his undersecretary. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I uh, like, like, Neo Sapien
1: Pitbull. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Universal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Solar Systemic, Systematic. Mr. Homeworld. From 305, all around the
0: world. So, speaking of Shiva... A Neo Lord and uh, two of his underlings go and they basically grab Shiva. And she was like, you are
1: perhaps my executioner. I have been expecting you, but I do not accept my fate. I have served the Neo Sapien order loyally. If I must face my end, let it be as a soldier.
0: Like you said, motherfucker, if you're going to kill me, I want to have a soldier's death. He tries to make that happen. And they're like, no, we're just going to knock you out and take you to Phaeton City where Phaeton is actively fortifying. You see people putting up walls and all sorts of stuff. And it turns out Phaeton has a plan to basically take the Earth Fleet, the Earth Defense Force, and there's not much of it left, and try to retake Venus. But it's pretty much coded as a suicide mission. I mean, like, you know, he's kind of picking Shiva because he's a great fighter, but he knows it's a one-way ticket. Um, But it would give him time to basically make more genetic freaks and all sorts of tech so there's some really good lines in here too and like a lot of stuff about the nature of soldiering like we were saying uh they talk about the whole you know this is phaeton's moment of you know casting the die you know caesar crossing the rubicon
1: a terran named julius caesar risked everything by leading his army across the rubicon river to march on rome all he said was the die is cast will you throw the dice with me one last time. I told Wotan that I wish to end my life like a soldier. If it can be done, I will take Venus. All war is a gamble. Everything is
2: chance. They also do something they almost never do, which is like draw a very direct parallel between Winfield and Phaeton. Because they have them both repeat the um they have them both repeat part of the last dialogue
1: about the fleet.
0: Yeah, uh, war is always a gamble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, those, those Neo Sapiens who uh, only think logically. <laughs> it's all about chance. Um, I think one of the sort of interesting parts of this episode, too, to me, like visually, is how kind of cinematic it feels. Yeah. Um, it feels like there's a little bit more, especially at the beginning, there's like some pans and there's some like establishing shots. I don't know. It kind of struck me as being just a little bit more cinematic and a little bit more weighty from a visual presentation.
0: No, definitely. Like, especially, um, and that's I'll, I want to bring that up when we get to the battle. Cause like, it's one of the most chaotic, like insane, what the fuck is going on battles that we've ever had on the show. You know, like they intentionally are disorienting you and like putting and they they recycle a lot of things and like animation and stuff like that. You know, like mean, it's a cartoon in the nineties budgets and whatnot. But there are definitely some times where they drink, <laughs> but it has been a while, right? There, There's definitely some times where like they present like a frame of a, you know, character and they blow it up, but it's definitely not that character. So it really makes you be like, holy shit, did we see? Oh, no. Wait, what? And, you know, you're always on your toes. It's a very tactics heavy battle too. Sorry. But, oh, yeah, um, definitely. So I thought
1: that part was pretty interesting.
0: Like Ryan was saying, we have an echoing of the, these two sides where Phaeton's going to send Shiva with like the suicide fleet. But then winfield is overhauling the resolute too, in a great intro to that scene where algernon's like
1: three two one now the engines have been disengaged admiral
0: i estimate the overhaul will take six days very well carry on Winfield out. out looks like something's gonna blow up and then it's like turning the power off but they're gonna make a feint towards earth To make sure that the Neo-Sapiens don't do anything. You know, and they're like, well, it's a gamble, but the risk's pretty low. But there's always a risk. And it turns out basically literally ships passing in the night. Because that Neo-Sapien fleet is going to use a solar flare to arrive undetected. And fucking just like wreck shit on Venus. While there's like no one left there. So that's our big setup for like the second half of the episode. Which is kind of like... It, it gets balls to the wall, but we have a lot of, like, kind of slow character-building stuff, which is kind of cool, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of action, but there's... And it's a very... I don't know. It's just, it's sort of... It's weird, because there's, a, there's a, t- a lot of action, but it... Sorry, it feels very, um, like... I, I don't know how to say this. There's, there's sort of, like, 20... Of the 20 minutes, like, it seems like 10 minutes are action, but the other 10 minutes are, are all about the serious questions. Yeah. I don't know that... I think, like, Simbaka's really interesting in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Asking Marsh what he's going to do after the war, and, like, he's going to make all this money.
0: So to frame that, basically, Marsh and Simbaka are having coffee together, and Simbaka says to Marsh, What do
2: you intend to do when this war is over? I don't know. I think I'd like to build things. There's been enough destruction. In this war, I have trusted men with my life. You... I would trust with my money.
1: It's cool to see their relationship is kind of growing and going past the war. <laughs> they have some pretty sweet Exo mugs. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, just, it's interesting because it's like if you're so used to seeing these characters fight a war and then if you take the war away, what are the characters? You know, and some, you know the ones who are successful, the ones who kind of plan and, and figure it out what their life's going to be. And then, you know, the ones who aren't maybe are the ones who haven't thought too much about it. And I just see JT building casinos for Simbaka, and just sounds like <laughs> it just gonna, sounds like
0: what's gonna happen they're gonna build some book wild shit
1: <laughs> yeah just nudie bars on venus yeah just space barges
0: so basically we get the scene of like bronski taking the kids out but Simbaka and marsh pick up the neo sapien fleet on the way in and they basically call everyone back torres leaves the scouts behind which they are not happy with and they get super fucking sassy we've
2: got to go for a while but we'll be back yeah that's what our scoutmaster
1: said on mars I'm not your Scoutmaster. Just stay put and stay out of trouble. That's an order.
0: Basically, you have this huge fleet, and all that's left are, like, exo-frigates and fucking, like, the E-frames to try to stop them. And they're trying to desperately tow the Resolute 2 to the other side of Venus, but it's not going to make it in time. And fucking, it's setting up the big showdown, which is kind of uh, reminiscent of, like, so many Pacific War battles or you know pacific world war ii battles i should say and yeah it gets fucking crazy man like we were saying cinematic camera work capital ships getting blasted shots of the inside of like things falling on people there's a scene where uh the exo frigates do a torpedo run like in world war Two on these big japanese battleships and one neo capital ship gets like really hit bad veers into another one and we get a shot of the fucking like a piece of superstructure puncturing through the wall and dudes like running for their lives before the whole thing just blows up. I mean, it's like some of the most brutal fucking like ship battles we've seen in a long, long time. Crazy.
1: Yeah. It's really interesting how like space just becomes like analogous to ocean. Yeah. And like, you can go in any direction. <laughs> why aren't all the missiles light speed missiles yeah why well, why didn't you've developed light speed but not autopilot <laughs> seems like a waste of a lower <laughs> Yeah, just a bit
0: <laughs> um, yeah then that's that's one of the things too that's always kind of funny is like everyone else just comes in kind of dead ahead but always the frames are flying all every which way and going
1: buck wild but i mean i like the idea of it like tactically like like everyone's like we're gonna we're losing we got to do something and jt's like hold on hold on and they come down the middle and they fire their torpedoes and they kind of break up the fleet and then the e-frames flank them from the side like that's that's pretty dope
0: yeah and then they lay out that plan early on too like you know and it's it's interesting that they they set this tactical stage and then you when you see it unfold you know and you have and they present shiva as like really good commander because he's very patient in the approach and and trying to keep his like fleet together and you know concentrating fire and adapting but in the end it's just like you know they saw him coming even you know even then and just like you know it was a futile effort um what this goes back to though is that before the battle started Phaeton gives this big speech to the uh to the Neo-Sapien fleet where he's like the blow you are about to strike We'll
1: send the Terran rabble back to the cover of their pirate hideouts. You will have your revenge for the Terran's destruction of Mars. I will build a monument to your victory on Venus, and inscribe your names in stone, so that future broods will remember your courage. And I'll
0: put the audio in here because I can't do it justice, but you know, he's talking about that we'll will make we'll erect monuments to your great victory, and you know, you'll will carve your names into stone. And everyone's like cheering and going wild. But Shiva is very stoic, if I remember, during this thing. Because I think he kind of knows what the score is, you know? So everything starts going really badly for the Neo-Sapien fleet. Shiva launches all E-frames to try to take out the Resolute. I will say in this portion, we get a great shot for all the people who hate the uh, Scouts. If you go to 17 minutes in, like 1703 I think it is, there's a Phaeton frame that's flying around. And when they just draw in some of the, you know, like they have a shot of like two Takagi fighters getting killed and you think for a second, like, was that hollow Takagi or, Oh, those were just other guys. Um, but there's a shot where Phaeton frame totally blows up pirate. And, uh, I think two of the oh, other yeah, kids. I noticed that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, sweet, <laughs> sweet payback and revenge for, for all these annoying kids. Those
1: kids are dead. <laughs> yeah. Just straight up. <laughs> Did you know Did you notice too that there's like a shot where like a Neo Sapien carrier destroys another Neo Sapien ship? oh yeah, yeah. Well, there's like a crossfire between the two of them, and. But I'm not sure if it was just misanimated or just or just like it was like now's our time, kill Brian. Like what? <laughs> like Brian, that asshole, another ship. I just have hated him this whole time and need an excuse to kill him.
0: Yeah, it's like he'll never see it coming. But what about the other guy? Shut up.
1: next time we're in a battle we're going after brian
0: yeah we we're all cool with this right yep okay um no it was cool because like part of me was thinking like it could have been like the e frames flying between the two and then the fire just you know friendly fire being represented um also to note thrax was in this fleet but they sent him in a scout ship to track the terran fleet that was going towards earth which is more or less undefended now so you know so he's still around which is kind of cool but Freaking Shiva is in his frame and he's like the die is cast. And then fucking JT, I think it is clips his a uh, frame and he crashes on Venus and JT kind of gives us like little soliloquy for him where he's like, you were the best of them, Shiva
2: too bad. You didn't serve a better cause.
0: And then we get the big finale, which is awesome. Yeah. Where, and we, and this is something we, uh, and I want to dwell on this a little bit because we talked about this with uh, Mr. Eden's on our pod where Basically, Shiva crash lands and it's bad, but the exoscouts find him. And he has this really very heavy moment where they're like,
1: You're our prisoner, Neo!
0: Not for long. Soon
1: I will be free.
0: What's your name and rank?
1: I am. I am just a soldier.
0: And they're like, Now we're gonna take you to Vesta and, you know, get you into a hospital, let you heal. And he's like, They're carrying him. He's like, Just put me down. You know, I don't wanna die surrounded by, like, was it, what is it? He says like half-formed,
2: half-formed Ter- humans.
1: Yeah. terrans leave me. I do not wish to spend my last moments with half-formed Terrence Which is
0: a great line, and it's this really affecting moment. And just like Eden said, and this is like one of the heaviest moments. Like he, he basically he dies, or he's dying, I should say. And all the kids are kind of like crying because it's like this really emotional moment of seeing this professional soldier who's, you know. Basically, they're realizing just like them in a lot of ways. And then fucking one of them starts throwing rocks at him. and They're like,
1: don't be a baby. He's just Neo. Yeah, he's just a Neo. What are you doing, pirate? I don't know.
2: We ought to do something.
0: Why? And Shiva, speaking for us all, says why? And then he does this cool like, you know, he puts his hand up to the sun and he passes away and we get fi- we end on a VO of uh, Phaeton's monologue from before, but it turns out the monuments are gravestones to the dead soldiers that he so callously wasted. Um, but what did you guys think of that last scene? I-, I thought that was his grave. Like, I thought the implication was like, afterwards
2: like the kids make the grave for Shiva.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, that is Shiva's grave. Yeah. Sweet. yeah yeah but it's sort of like you know it's you have the artistic way which is like he's dying and you know he's like just let me be and they're crying and he reaches up to the sun and you know sees his hand and then he you know then you cut to like the monument with the monologue but then they're like when you have him throwing rocks at his face it's kind of uh i don't know it's it kind of takes away from the uh, the gravitas of that moment, you know what i mean?
2: Yeah, it's it's
1: it's uh yeah, it's it's a very odd moment. So that's all i got. <laughs> I was Sorry, i was just watching the moment again. Um yeah, it is a, it's a, it's an awkward moment, but i th- i think it's like the the idea is really good. Yeah. Like i think it's interesting that he's dying, I, and he goes put me down and i was like i thought they meant like shoot him. Yeah, yeah. Like but he's like literally put me down. And he just wants to die in peace. And the kids started throwing rocks at him, which is kind of weird. Yeah. But it's it's sort of like, I get the idea of like, they humans, maybe in Neo-Sapiens, humans feel the need to do something. They need, feel the need to do an action or to bury him. And I think it would be, you know, if, if I were to kind of redo them, <laughs> it would be like, he would be like, leave me alone or one of two things would happen his punishment would have to be to like go to vespa and survive and live in shame or he would be dying and he'd be like leave me to die alone and the kids stay with him and like he has a more meaningful death and there's like a like a moment between them that they bond over his death you know yeah and then then you see that they've buried him and that they've treated him with respect and they've treated him respectfully it's weird for him to be alive and then to start throwing rocks at him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but not like not like to hurt him, but just to like do something. Like, what are you doing? I'm peeing on you. I don't know what else to do. I'm really sorry. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I actually really like that sequence, um, primarily because I I thought
2: the symbolism like there or like the 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 focus like the kind of the the imagery was like so they're they're throwing rocks at him because they're like angry and like the whole beginning is they want to be exotroopers and they're like continuing the war effort and that doesn't help Shiva at all. Like that's the wrong thing to do. And it ends with them taking the rocks, the same things they threw at Shiva and building like a monument, like a gravestone for him. And I thought it was symbolic of them like sort of breaking the cycle of violence that's what kept the human the Terrans and the Neosapiens uh like um you know locked and I don't know. I, I agree it's weird but I thought I, I think I saw what they were trying to do and I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a good idea. I think it's, a, comes, to me, it comes off a little bit awkwardly. I do like that they're building a monument to him and they're, that they're treating him with respect and making something out of it and sharing a moment with him. It's just like I think the way it's done in 20 minutes is just a little bit, just comes off a little bit awkward. It's not bad. It's, I think I like the idea. I get the idea. That's how I felt about it, but i like I like that they're building a monument to him in a way, and it does mirror what Phaeton said. I think that's really smart, I think that's really good,
0: yeah, and um, and also like really quick that he when they ask him who he is, he says, "I'm just a soldier, you know, he's not like, I am general Shiva or like i'm like, I'm tafanist or someone. He's like, I'm just a soldier. you know, he sees his like <laughs> a sh- a ship crash in the distance. He's just like, you know, um I'm, I'm just someone who fought for something and died for it. Which I thought is like really yeah. kind of a heavy line, you know what I mean? Like
1: Yeah. No, I, I thought that was really smart. It would have been funny if he was like I'm type honest. <laughs> um.
0: Well, after JT Marsh uh <laughs> pretending to be Takagi, you know, anything's
1: possible. <laughs> but... I'm Kaz Takagi. <laughs> yeah. What? Huh? But... Um No, I, I but I like I think that, that there's something poignant in and this is me burying the gravitas. Um, <laughs> something poignant, something poignant in his like identity as being a soldier, whatever rank he was. If he was a private, he was a soldier. If he was a general, he was a soldier. You know, it wasn't about the rank, it wasn't about the fame and the position. It was about the meaning that he got out of being a soldier.
0: Yeah. And that's, I think, a really kind of a really beautiful thing to kind of pull off in basically like 22 minutes is, you know, really reintroducing this character that we've known this whole time and setting sort of his goal of like, look, I just want to go out like a soldier, like I've always been. And yeah, and and how he does that and you know the meaning that comes from it those those kids you know and they're like basically the only kids that are left it seems they they've seen basically the best of the neo sapien empire you know and like saw that it was a human basically you know it wasn't there's no and like they said the the guy's like oh, why are you crying you know it's because he's a neo he's just a neo and they're like no it's he's way more than that you know so
1: um your guys' last episode was way more fun <laughs>
0: well i mean you know there's a difference
1: between dragon <laughs> <Is it me? laughs> dragonfly
0: murder men flying around in a big firefight the whole time and <laughs> and we literally like usually i take like maybe a page and a half of notes i have like fucking like five pages of notes and there are things like i didn't even mention like we go to easter island where there's a giant like facility we go to all these places and yeah it, it's it's this one was like chock full of uh drama nuts you know what i mean like
1: oh i do yeah oh I, yeah i study
0: drama nuts yeah i mean usually at one point in my life usually i just nurse a beer i'm already through one because all the talking i had nice. to do jesus um who, hey put that throat yeah right i gotta i gotta uh as i said in the sam raimi movie uh for love the game i gotta clear that mechanism so the uh that's a weird reference um so, who's your MVP for this episode? Uh, i got to give it to Shiva. Shiva's earned it.
1: Yeah, I think it's hard not to give it to Shiva. The guy... Uh, dignity to the end, you know? Yeah, no, I'm... Uh... First class all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Played the game the right way. Did it yeah. right.
0: Jeets. Come on, Jeets. Come <laughs> yeah. on, Jeets. Shiva diving into uh, Venus yeah, to try to make a, make a play. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jeets. Yeah, Jeets. Give yeah, a, Jeets. he gave the uh, Exo Scouts a gift bag afterwards. Um, that's yeah. <laughs> maybe not that. That sounds really weird because they're kids. Um, that's pretty um, Yeah.
1: Inside yeah. Derek Jeter references.
0: Yeah, if, if you read uh, Dead Spinner the internet, you know what we're talking about.
1: <laughs> Wink. Um, um, no, but uh, I yeah I have a lot of respect for that character. I have a lot of respect for the other Neo Sapien generals other than. The Typhonus. Yeah, Typhonus. Just we sucks. can all agree he's a piece of crap. Yeah,
0: he's like the worst. Can we just take two seconds to talk about like considering where we've come from? Is this the he- one of the heaviest episodes we've seen in like maybe
1: the entire season?
2: Because I think it's. I would say it's there. the heaviest episode I've seen of XSWOD so far. Yeah, it's one of the
1: it's one of the more one one of the more thematic you know bigger thematic episodes we've seen, I think, in a long time. Yeah. And I think that's hence the nature of our conversation because it's really puts a lot of things uh back into perspective from a, like a global position. You
0: know, and there's so many kind of great little things that they give us. Kinda of like you were saying in the moment of being the last guy to get killed in the war where it's like everyone's just fucking chilling out and then oh yeah, the war is actually still on and Things can go horribly wrong and thousands upon thousands can get killed in a second. It's like, it's kind of signaling like we gave you some fun character stuff, but we're getting to the end here and it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be full of all sorts of crazy stuff and fucking things you don't expect. And, oh yeah, by the way, uh, E-frames are still alive too. So just, just wanted to remind everyone yeah, that
1: kind of went over that. <laughs>
0: yeah. But, uh, yeah, let's, uh,
1: is there anything you guys want to plug real quick? Uh, I will continue to plug Two Loopy Ladies and Etsy. Uh, thanks for doing it while I was away. Oh, yeah. And 25films.com, 25films for all your wedding filmmaking needs. And if you wanted to know what Two, two Loopy Ladies was, if this is your first episode, um, crocheted hats, scarves, underwear, all the things you'll ever need.
0: Exactly. And... and- don't make this your first episode because
1: a lot of shit has happened before this so yeah start start from the beginning they're free
0: <laughs> yeah when you see season two episode 31
1: maybe don't start
0: there just just saying just throwing that out there <laughs> this will be waiting
2: for you when you go back and start from the beginning which is what's nice about it so it'll be on the internet forever
0: yeah exactly and speaking of things on the internet If you like the podcast, please go to patreon.com slash exosquadgoals. You can support us for as much money as you want, pretty much. I mean, we're not picky, but if you give us a decent amount of money, we can make an episode for you. (laughs) Surf Pivoting, before we get into recommendations, there's a thing on Reddit. If you go to the Exosquad Reddit, someone on there picked up an interesting tidbit where in the trailer for Ready Player One, there's like a sweeping shot of all these like crazy 90s, 80s references having a big battle. And someone screencapped it. There's definitely a Maggie Weston E-frame in that giant grouping. So... Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty wild. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. So, apparently, you know, <laughs> there are at least a couple of people who still remember the great space opera. So, I thought that was really cool. That's awesome. Do you guys got anything you want to recommend? Uh, Black Panther is really sweet. Oh, you saw it? Yeah, it's really good. Fuck yeah. I've not seen Black
1: Panther. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I did see, you recommended this a while ago, Chris, Logan Lucky. Oh yeah. What'd you think? I really enjoyed it. It's like a really subdued heist movie (laughs) with a lot of heart and, uh, very amusing. So I, I dug it. Daniel Craig does a great job in that movie too. As everyone's really good. It's like a really just like fun, easy, smart movie.
0: I mean, yeah, if you, if you like Star Wars, Adam Driver's in it too. So go check it out. It's really fun. Um, I'm going to recommend. Altered Carbon, just because, you know, I like me some cyberpunk. It's not perfect, but, you know, it's got a lot of uh, good pieces in there. And um, Chris, you'd remember this from Dollhouse. The woman who played Sierra is in Altered Carbon. So, okay. Dickin. Okay. Okay. Lycan or something like that. I forget her name, but like. Yeah. But yeah.
1: She was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Robo
0: <laughs> And Tamo. I'd like to recommend Dollhouse. <laughs> yeah, Oh, yeah. Damn. That was a show god that's an old show now tamo it was a it was
1: a timo Pennikin, yeah. whatever his name was and
0: he he's in altered carbon for like a hot second which is kind of depressing because you're a, like
1: i was like whatever happened to that guy yeah
0: he looks exactly the same except a
1: little more weathered but yeah it's um joss whedon did not sleep with him hopefully
0: <laughs> yeah i think he would break joss to be honest
1: um yeah just with those apparently. cheekbones um. Yeah. Apparently, Joss was sleeping with all of his actresses. Oh, this whole time. Oh God.
0: Yeah. So I guess maybe not recommend recommend Dollhouse for everyone who's in it, but maybe not for the people. Uh, you also don't have to watch Dollhouse. You don't have to watch <laughs> it. You, don't have, you don't have to. No, Ryan. We've cast the die. It has to happen.
1: Um. Yeah. It's like not a. It's not a great show, but it's interesting. It's like a good Friday night. After uh, high school, kind of show. Yeah, <laughs> you know when you're not hanging out with people. Yeah, freaking a guys. This was a heavy one, and
0: they're gonna get heavier from here on in. And I think it's like, uh, like Chris said, I think it's good we got that gravitas hammer back because we're gonna <laughs> need it. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, your, yeah, I'm jealous of all your laughter last time.
0: <laughs> you know, and part of me was bummed you weren't here for it because, like, we got finally just an episode that was like. You could sum it up in like 30 seconds, which we haven't had in like forever. You know what I mean? There was always enough there there that we could had to like kind of keep on track. And that last one was one where we could just like just wander, you know? So I, thought we, yeah. I think we'll still get one or two of those because
1: they're going to be some action heavy ones coming up. But quick, quick, uh, quick daily on check. <laughs> he's fine.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, he, he's 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 doing good. He can uh, he can feel all the e frames in the fleet apparently still, which is weird. Um, totally uncommented on again, but you know he wasn't in this episode. I don't know where he is, but yeah, <laughs> cool. But cool. So it's fine. Cool, Just everything's fine. Yeah, him and Maggie, just uh, everything's happy. Everything, nothing, nothing bad's gonna happen, right? Um, never, nothing bad ever happens. And on that note. Our intro and music is done by Eric Aldero and find this stuff on three, three, one E rock on YouTube and all that stuff. He does heavy metal stuff. If you like music, check it out. What do you, what, what what could possibly be wrong with that? He does like an awesome version of extra squads theme. So yeah,
2: do that. It's like super good. His other stuff is really good too.
0: Yeah. He does all sorts of fun mashups and like, if you like game of Thrones. He has that too. So I'm just saying he does collect collaborations and stuff. And Guys pretty sick. He's been doing it for a couple of years now too and he was super super chill. So um reach out to us on X Squad Goals at twitter. On, on twitter.com. Holy shit, is it 19 uh or I guess 2002. Re- reach out to us on X Squad Goals. You're not wrong, Chris. It's true. It, well it's like saying the facebook.com, you know, it's a uh, some of us OGs still think of it like that, but it's like no, it's it's Facebook. So, but find us X Goals on Twitter email us at gmail.com there you have, still have to say it though it's weird love to hear from you guys and yes yeah, you know it's always uh, like I said before we're getting to the end so if there are any specialty topics or stuff you want to hear you know we're going to have time and you know we're still trying to figure out what the next step going forward is wink but I don't know why there's a wink there but I'll probably cut that out anyway so yeah just reach out let us know and you know there's a lot to cover but for exo squad goals as always i'm chris mastalone
1: i'm ryan hardy and i'm chris farantini
0: are there any heroes in this company
1: no No, sir. sir (laughs) (laughs) X-Men, X-Men. Does the apocalypse arc ever actually finish? Because I don't think I ever saw the end of it. I think it's the series finale. Uh, I think the apocalypse.
2: So to answer your question, I have no idea.
0: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The long answer is yes. Join the conversation.